excited about that and uh, excited about the future of City Church. And I'm very, uh, very happy and excited that you all came out tonight to be here. And I know there's a number of apologies and people that couldn't be here specifically tonight, but I just wanted to take some time tonight and, and talk about um, a few things in regards to our church and for us as the heart and soul of the church, what we are wanting from the heart and soul of this church and also where we're going into the future and what we really believe God's emphasizing right now and God's speaking to us about as we look into the future and look at what God has for us as well. And just like Tim's mentioned tonight, isn't it great to see some of the things that have happened externally on our building? And uh, it's exciting. We're going to be starting a bit of an upgrade in our vision room in the weeks to come as well. And that area where Mountains Care is currently, uh, we're looking at renovating that office and new air cons and new carpet and paint and all that kind of thing over there and uh, we, like Tim said we've already had people approach us about space and so as we invest in that area we've got office space for people to be able to come into as well which is really good and we're moving moving the mountains care area over into this side room here which we've just done two loads of rubbish today and it will give them access at the back for them to be able to load hampers and do things that they want to do so it's exciting I think this is just a really exciting time uh, in the life of City Church tomorrow uh, my beautiful wife Amy, who's taking our daughter Georgia home, she had a bit of an upset tummy. Um, she's going for her credential interview, and so is Ali Campbell um, tomorrow, which is exciting over at the Hawkesbury. And so they'll be interviewed by a few pastors, and they've been in a process doing that and filling out paperwork. And so I just think that's an exciting next step. And you can see God's hand on Ali's life, you can see God's hand on Amy's life, and uh, it's appropriate that they would step through these processes. And so be praying for them tomorrow, nervous times. I'm sure they love interviews, uh, but I know God's hands on them and it's going um, to be fantastic. And so our movement's about trying to reach people and release them into their, their ministry. And so I'm sure it's all going to go well. But Lord, we just thank you right now that you're here in the midst. Well, I can even sense your presence right now as I'm speaking. Lord, I pray that you would speak to the heart of the church right now, the heart and soul of the church. Holy Spirit, guide my words, speak through me, Lord God, and I pray that right now that you would encourage us in your word and remind us of your promises and what you're calling us to as your church as we step into the season ahead in the powerful name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, heart and soul night. I just wanted to just begin by tonight just clarifying some things that we are, I guess, wanting and asking of the heart and soul of our church. And then I want to talk about um, some areas that uh, we can all be reminded as disciples of Jesus Christ to, to grow in and to focus on. And, uh, and in that, I'll weave in a little bit of what I, about what I believe God's doing during this time, what He's emphasizing for us as a church. Obviously, we have the mission statement, reaching people, raising disciples, releasing leaders. So that's what we are called to do as a church. It's the unique thing I believe that God has gifted us and, and uh, called us to do as His church. And so that's our mission, that's our strategy in the mountains to be able to do those things. And really, it's not a strategy that we've come up with. It's a gospel strategy. It's a Bible strategy. It's what Jesus did throughout His ministry. He was always reaching people. He was always raising disciples. He was always releasing leaders. It was just a simple process of what Jesus was doing. And so we are trying to emulate that. And so what are we asking of the heart and soul of City Church? I just thought I'd give you some practical things. If you've got your phone, if you've got a pen and paper, why don't you write these things down? I wanted to encourage you with these things and I guess reinforce them. And sometimes we don't speak about these things because 
we are really a grace church. We're a church that really believes in God's grace and His enabling power in us. We're not really a big rules church, but I guess there's things that if you don't say it, if you don't kind of uh, give people some guidelines, then they don't know where we are going, particularly as a team and particularly as the heart and soul of the church so that we can influence others going forward. And so what we're asking of the heart and soul of the church is that, number one, we're asking that you communicate with God regularly. Communicate with God regularly. Make reading the Bible, make praying, make spending time in His presence and worshipping Him, make your communion with God and your connection with Him your highest priority. Communication is the key to relationship. And when we focus on our relationship with Jesus and make it our daily responsibility to connect with Jesus, it's amazing how transformation starts to take place in our life because we are led by the Spirit. We are Spirit-led people. It's the Holy Spirit in us, working through us, that can guide and direct us into our destiny and to our purpose day to day. I'm not asking God even what's going on in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. I want to know what God's directing me to do in the next moment. And I need to be in communication with Him. I need to be in connection with Him. And I think if there's one thing that COVID has done for the church which is a good thing, it's reminded every believer on the planet that their relationship with Jesus is their personal responsibility. When we come to the pearly gates one day, it's not going to be, oh, my pastor can jump in and speak for me on that one. My connect group leader can jump in and, and talk about me or, uh, or, or I could direct to somebody else or somebody else in my family or no one else is going to be speaking up. Jesus is going to be asking each one of us individually, did you know me personally, in a personal relationship? And I think this is a great time for the church because it's a time where we are all reminded of our personal responsibility to be in relationship with Jesus. And nobody else can do that bit for us. We come to the gathering, we come to the church to be encouraged, equipped, to be allow our gifts and talents to be outworked and to be built up as the body of Christ. And it says so clearly in the scripture to not forsake the assembling together. That, that's very clear. But we can't walk out our faith in a corporate setting. It must be a personal thing that we do. And so I want to encourage us as the heart and soul of the church to personally connect with Jesus. Secondly, we're asking people to connect with a connect group. We want you to be in relationship with other people. It's actually together in connect groups, in community that we grow. I look at Jesus and I look at the way that he raised up his disciples. He didn't just do that one-on-one. He actually chose to do it in a group. It was a group project. And I love the local church, and I think that the beauty of the local church is no matter what size it is, we can gather in smaller groups where we can do friendship and life and family together and faith and work out the different things that go up, the ups and downs of life. We can work through those together in these community groups called Connect Groups. And I, I think it's really important that we find our place. And I always, always think when people come into our church as a new people, it's the people that get connected into Connect Groups in the first three months or so that seem to be the ones that stay and connect and find community and put their roots down deep because we can't get those depths of relationships just on a Sunday service in an hour and a half, talking about the footy. 
We need those friendships that go down deeper. And I love talking about the footy. But it's those relationships that help us. Thirdly, we're asking people to come to Sunday services. And I know in this season that could mean online or that could mean in person. But we're asking people to make Sunday services a priority. If you're the heart and soul of City Church, this is game day. It's kind of like in real estate, it's Saturday, selling day. It's the day that you, you, can be, you can be not at work on the other days, but when you're in real estate, Saturday is the day. It's the day you're selling houses. It's the day that you're doing open homes. It's the day that the action happens. And Sunday's kind of like that. You know, obviously we are, Holy Spirit's working through us Monday to Saturday and all that kind of stuff. I know that. But Sunday is a moment for your encouragement, your building up, to see new people that are coming in. Imagine if we had new people coming in, but none of us were there. It's a day where we want to connect with people and really see people come into the kingdom of God. And so Sunday's an important day. Um, fourth thing is we want to contribute to building God's church. And uh, when we talk about contributing, we often talk about that in church as, as a, a monetary giving thing. But I'm not just talking about stopping there. I'm talking about our service, our sacrifice, the ways that we contribute with our gifts and our talents and our abilities, all the things that we contribute together that help us to be able to add towards the church. It's actually the body of Christ, every part playing its part to see the body of Christ to be able to be mobilized and activated as it should on the earth. And so all of us playing our part, if you, if you hold your gift back, if you hold your contribution back, we are all poorer for it. But together, when we put it, all of our gifts and talents, wasn't it beautiful tonight to hear Tim just prophesying and being in his lane? And I said to him before the service, just go for it. Take, I'm just, we don't even have anything to announce. Just take some time and minister. Just refuel people tonight. Just speak into them. And to see him do that and just do it with such, being so natural and with such ease, it's like that is a gift to all of us. And uh, we, we've all got parts to play that we can really receive what God's doing. And I just want to speak to something as a leader. That, and I want you to know I'm not calling anyone out individually because I've heard this many times from many different people and I understand the heart of it is really good. But it's, it's really important for me just to communicate this as a leader in, in regards to serving at City Church. We are a church that loves to serve God. And sometimes people say this, and, and I've, like I said, I've heard this many times, I'm not singling anyone out, and many people have said it, but sometimes people say, I, I'm happy to serve, but I don't want to be on a roster. And I understand the heart of that, but can I just explain, that is not how we do church. We are a kind of church that does rosters. What would be easier for us is if you said, hey, I can only do two times a year. And then someone can go, okay, great, I know you can do two times a year, I'll put you on a roster twice a year and we can do that. Because if you're not on a roster, you're not in the pool of people that our teams even draw from if someone's not there. And so being on that roster, we don't just rock up on a Sunday and go, guess who's preaching today? Guess who's uh, doing the worship leading today? Guess who's making coffees? Guess who's doing hosting today? Uh, we are a rostered church. And so if you don't get into a roster, you'll find you won't be serving. And so rosters terrify Christians. <laughs> if you want to scare a Christian, tell them you put them on a roster. It's terrifying. But what I want to tell you tonight is just because you're on a roster doesn't mean you have to be there forever. 
So you can do it for a season. You can reassess it after three months, after one time serving. But I just thought, this isn't one person. Over the years, this has been said to me so many times. And, I, and I've never thought about it, but as it's really been clear to me this week as I've thought about it. It's like, oh, that's great. And I, and I say, thank you for it. And oh, that's a great help. But it actually isn't a great help. <laughs> actually, a great help is being on a roster. Or actually just saying, hey, I can only do this much. I can do once a year, even if it's just that. And those things are really going to help us to be able to help activate you, help serve in our teams. If you don't end up on a roster, you'll, you won't end up serving. That'll just be the reality of it. But don't be terrified of it. We won't hold you to it forever. You know, we won't be at your funeral saying, you missed your roster date. <laughs> it's, it's literally, you can opt out any time. We're not that kind of church. We're a grace church, but that's how we operate. It's how, you know, a church our size has to operate. We can't operate without a roster. I thought I'd clarify that. And just finally, um, community influence. We are believing and we are asking everyone that's heart and soul to, to be part of influencing your community. And that could be in your workplace, it could be in your school, your university, wherever you are, that you would just be an influence for God, be an influence for good, that those things would just be something that you naturally do. I'm not asking you to do something crazy. I'm just asking you just to do what Jesus has asked you to do and just be salt and light. Just love people, care for people, look after your community, the people that are in your world. Be a leader, be an influencer, and then people will ask you the questions as to what is so different about you. And if the opportunity arises, speak into it. Speak into those moments. I think sometimes the 21st century church, we are too scared in those moments to speak up because we, we desire relevance more than we actually do to actually have revelation. And sometimes we just want to be so re relevant and cool and we want to play it cool. But sometimes God's just asking us to be bold as well and actually just tell him about Jesus and speak up and, and do that. So I'm just asking you to be an influencer. And, uh, and as you do that, it's going to bring influence into the church and, uh, and all those kind of things. I'm, I know Max and Megan, I'm not sure whether they're here tonight, but they're getting um, married on Friday. And they literally got invited from somebody outside of our church. <laughs> and they got invited because they lived in this area. And they're like, I'll oh, just come to this church because they knew us. And actually, they're about to join that church, but um, they, they haven't been part of it. But they, they invited them along to this church because they just thought they could get connected in. And Max is fresh as he doesn't know anything about God and then he just starts inviting other people to church and so he's been inviting other friends and people and his wife who has had some experience with Christianity she goes to him Max you're an evangelist and he goes what's that <laughs> he had absolutely no idea what that was what that word even means he's so not Christian he doesn't even know what that means and it's just been amazing to just see the transformation in his life as he's just got to know Jesus with no strings attached. And you never know what an invite, what a conversation with someone can do. And so I'm encouraging all of us, particularly in this season, people are open. Who would have thought new people are joining our church during COVID? That's the, been the biggest shock for me as a leader, that there is people coming to our in-person services that have been watching our services for months and, and the people that are just coming along and registering. It's never been harder to come to church and new people are coming and joining it and getting connected. And I'm like, only God can do that stuff. And so it's amazing. Hey, I saw on Instagram today, and it's kind of probably been made famous by Brian Houston, but David Hall, son of famous Aussie evangelist Tim Hall, and uh, David Hall is a pastor in Adelaide at a church called Life Point Church. 
And uh, it's an incredible church. He's part of our state executive, I believe, there in South Australia. And uh, incredible leader. His church is probably one of the fastest growing churches in Australia um, at the moment. And uh, incredible guy. But he put this on his Instagram today. And uh, this is both challenging, but I actually believe it's true. And so I'm going to read it to you. And uh, it might shock you a little bit, but I, I think it maybe gives some insight into what I actually believe God's doing in this season right now. And um, maybe some of the things that we are getting off course with, but God's actually just confirming and reminding us of. So he says this, he says, people are saying things like, what is the new thing God is doing post-COVID? My answer is pretty simple. The same thing he's always done. Hebrews 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. He's saving people. He's building his church. He's healing the sick. He's filling people with the Holy Spirit. He's providing, he's guiding, he's bringing breakthrough, and he's reigning in power and victory. What will the church look like post-COVID? My answer is, it'll pretty much be the same as before. It might take a while for people to get back. We need to speak to fear and to apathy. Our church are coming back. I'm so proud of our church. I don't think we were doing a bad job before COVID, so why would I let some external disease redefine my ministry? My personal calling and your calling and our church is built on internal convictions given, us, given to us by the Holy Ghost. We need to stop giving glory to a virus. It's a demonic thing. Our mission was clearly given in Mark 16. Our authority is given in his name. Our anointing was given on Pentecost. Our future is in his hands. Do we really think that the sovereign God of heaven is sitting up there thinking, wow, we have a coronavirus. I must rethink things. He goes, I'm not rethinking our church's mission and vision. If the vision God has given us can't hold up in the face of a virus... Then it wasn't breathed by God. I'm not trying to be smart. I just don't think God's plans have been interrupted. I'm believing for a revival to break out all over the world during our post-COVID times. A Holy Ghost revival that is going to shake Australia for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on. I believe that. I believe that. And that... Really, and I saw it was retweeted by Brian Houston and a whole bunch of other great church leaders across our nation and across the world. And I think it echoes the sentiments of many church leaders that I believe that, you know, there's every crazy person jumping on and doing prophecies on the internet and saying this is going to happen, that's going to happen. And no one's ever heard of them before COVID. They've come out of the good works and God bless them. I'm sure they're great people, but they're scaring people. God has got a plan for his church and he's building his church. He's not changing that. And of course, there'll be changes and alterations. But here's the thing that I think that's happening in this time. The alterations and the renaissance that's happening is actually in people's hearts. The revival that's happening is actually internal. What we do as far as gathering as the church and will we gather again? Will Sunday services be? Absolutely, there'll be a thing. 
We're the church of Jesus Christ. We've been doing this for 2,000 years. We've been doing that before then. Of course, we're always going to gather and scatter. That's what we do as the church. And so I think the church will, will be very much similar to what it is, but I'm, I would not be surprised what God is doing individually in people's hearts right now, what He's awakening and the things that are happening. I just think are really exciting. And Let me just tell you, the group of people that are flourishing right now, the one group of people in our church, in the church around the world that are flourishing right now are disciples. They are the group that are continuing to grow, continuing to flourish in all that they're doing. And so I really think that if there's one thing God's clarifying to us as a church, it's City Church, I think it's the need for discipleship, to build disciples. Jesus didn't just come to speak to believers, he came to build disciples. He didn't just come to make attendees, City Church members, leaders or volunteers, he came to make disciples. That was what the call of the church was, go and make disciples disciples when Jesus was ascending up to heaven he was reminding them to go out and make disciples you know when you think about Jesus's ascension it was kind of like one of those moments where it was the last time they were physically seeing Jesus you think about a, a, a deathbed moment a moment that is significant the last time you see someone for many years and the words that they speak are significant this ascension moment had that same kind of weight, if not more. And as Jesus was ascending up into the clouds, he wasn't saying, drink light milk, it's good for your health. <laughs> it wasn't a flippant moment. He was trying to convey to the church what was most important, and that was discipleship. So yeah, we're in COVID right now, but the mission of the church hasn't changed. Jesus didn't rethink it and think, well, since the ascension and then now coronavirus, maybe we should do this. It's all about building disciples. And that's why it's part of our mission as a church to reach, to raise disciples, to release leaders. It's part of what we are called to do. Jesus had those 40 days with his disciples after he rose again and he was repeatedly confirming, go and make disciples, discipleships, go out into all the world, every area and make disciples. Be a disciple and make disciples. So you can't make disciples if you're not a disciple yourself. And so I think the challenge for us is to understand what a disciple is and to be a disciple. So you reproduce who you are not what you say. Let me say that again one more time. You reproduce who you are, not what you say. And so if we want to reproduce disciples, then we need to be a disciple ourselves. We need to make sure that that is something we understand. So let me just give you the biblical definition of a disciple. I'm only going to be five minutes longer. Our English word disciple comes from the Greek word, it's hard to say, matheteo. This word means to be a follower of someone's doctrine, becoming so attached to one's teacher as to not only follow the teacher's doctrine, but also the teacher's conduct of life. The word disciple occurs 269 times in the New Testament, while in contrast, the word Christian is found only three times. Can you see the point? That Jesus is trying to, to make not just believers, but he's trying to make disciples. That's why the New Testament is so heavily emphasized towards discipleship. 
The concept of discipleship was in use from the time of the ancient Greeks. And, the, and it says here, the word was used to describe, to describe an apprentice, a student, a pupil, a follower, or a follower of a teacher. In the times of Jesus, many rabbis had their own disciples. John the Baptist had his own disciples, as did the Pharisees. The tradition of first century Israel was for a young man to choose a rabbi. In some cases, the rabbi chose his own disciples. It says this, a disciple would follow his rabbi, learn from him, absorb his teachings, sayings and concepts, and imitate his way of life. And so it's more than just a head knowledge of, oh, yep, I understand what God, uh, a little bit about God. It's actually imitating that way of life. Actually understanding that it soaks through every dimension of your life. So rapid fire, what is a disciple? I don't think it's something that we talk enough about. So if you're wanting to be a disciple, what actually is it? Let me just give it to you. Seven core values of a disciple. I'm going to fly through these. You can write these down. Number one, a disciple loves God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. That's what we are called to do, to love God. Disciples love God. They love God even in coronavirus. They love God even in seasons like where there's isolation. They love God even when we're not gathering. They love God. It's a personal conviction. It's a personal relationship. The second thing is a disciple loves people. A disciple loves people people. They look out for people. They care for people. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's one of the simplest reminders that we are called to love God, love people. It's what we are meant to do as disciples of Jesus, as the church of Jesus Christ. Number three, I learned these in Bible college. A disciple loves a godly lifestyle. These aren't my original thoughts. They're from my Bible college lecturer, John Iliano. A disciple loves a godly lifestyle. In other words, when we actually are following and imitating Christ, then we are actually altering our life and then we are starting to transform. We are starting to change. We love a a godly lifestyle. The things that we perhaps loved before, we start to turn away from those. It's a bit like when you love sugar and then you're stopping eating sugar and it takes a while for that to come off and you're starting to eat healthy food and then all of a sudden you have healthy food for long enough and you can't bear having junk food because it makes you feel yuck. It's kind of like that when it comes to following Jesus and living a godly lifestyle. There's a transformation that takes place and we should all be growing. It's the grace of Jesus Christ. None of us are perfect, but it's the grace of Jesus Christ that we are growing. I love it. I love it. it says so clearly in Scripture, set an example for the believers in life, love, faith, and in purity, that our lives should have an impact and a transformation as we live a godly lifestyle. Number four, a disciple loves sharing Jesus. We love to share about Jesus. We love to share our story, our testimony that just comes out of our life. It's not just about us receiving salvation, but it's us understanding we have been given the mission to pass this message on, that other people would come to know Jesus in a personal way. Number five, a disciple loves God's family. The local church is God's plan 
that we would connect in, that we'd be part of it, that we'd find it. And yes, we are part of the big family of God, but it's just like your immediate family. You have a place where you belong. You have the lounge room at home that's meant for your immediate family. That's what the local church is. We're part of the global church and thank God for it. And we're inspired by it, all parts of the body. But we have a local expression where we live out our faith, where we share about Jesus, where we do what we're called to do. And it's in that local expression that you can outwork your faith faith and do what God's called you to do. You can be part of that uh, family. And it is so beautiful to see people join and be part of, of, of the family of God. I think about John and Dawn, who are such a gift to our church. And they've, they've joined our, our church family here in this area, and they've been in many different parts of Australia. And they've got ministry background. I mean, pastors for longer than I've been alive. And they're full of wisdom and full of life and full of the Holy Spirit. And they've just got so much to give. And they came at a time where Kevin and Marilyn were transitioning out. And then we had a beautiful couple like them come in with all this wisdom and ministry experience. And I think God has got a way of building his local church. And we've got family and we've all got parts to play. And I love that about the family of God. No matter our age or our experience, we all have something to bring. And that's why the family of God is important in every season. Number six, a disciple loves God's kingdom. A disciple loves God's kingdom. And I'm, when I'm talking about the kingdom of God, I'm saying we are not just consumed just with our church, but we want to see the kingdom of God move forward. In other words, we want to see salvations. We want to use our gifts and our talents, our spiritual gifts, to see the kingdom of God be built. We're not just content to see the kingdom of God have us for and no more. We want the kingdom of God to continue to grow on the earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So beautifully spoken about by Clive on Sunday. And it's true, we want the kingdom of God to advance on the earth. And I believe this season right now is going to propel the church forward. We're going to be re-reminded of mission, reset to love people in a new way, re-fired up in our personal relationship with Jesus. And I'm excited about the kingdom of God expanding and growing and we all have our gifts and abilities to play our part and number seven finally a disciple loves generosity and when we talk about generosity just like before I was talking about contributing we often think in church just about finances but generosity is so much more than that it's going out of our way for people it's caring it's serving it's sacrificing it's loving our next door neighbor I was just at, talking to my next door neighbor a new next door neighbor moved in about four weeks ago and he came out uh, out of the blue as I was doing my lawns and he came and gave me some, um, oh, what was it, some things that help you connect your um, phone in the car so that you can have like a hands-free system in the car. He, had, he got a bunch through work and he just gave me four of them. And so I'm like, I don't even, I've got two cars, but I'll take four. And so if you need one, come and see me. Um, and so he just started talking to me and telling me his story and he said, you know what? Uh, this was last week, he was telling me, he said, yeah. I said, hey, oh, how are you going? How's your week been? He said, well, my best friend passed away two days ago and just died suddenly of a heart attack. And he starts just sharing his story about that and starts talking about his marriage that's broken down. And, and, and just on the front lawn, I'm still mid-whippersnippering. So, like, I'm like, this is a cool conversation, but I, it's getting dark. <laughs> like, I do want to finish this. <laughs> um, so I had to say, you know what, put that aside. This is way more important. And we had this awesome conversation. And uh, it wasn't like a got saved in the moment kind of conversation, but it was like just by giving that time, it's amazing how someone can open up. And that's the kind of generosity I'm talking about from the church where we aren't just in our lane. 
doing our own thing, but we're open for the Holy Spirit to lead and to guide us wherever we're meant to go. And just we're just generous with our time. We're saying, God, the resource, the time that I've given on earth is yours, so use, spend my life how you want to spend it. And I'm just choosing to be generous wherever it is. Wherever you want me to be, I'll do it. My life is yours. And I think that's a trademark of a disciple. Look at Jesus' disciples. They laid their life down completely. They left everything to follow Jesus. They were all in people. And that's really a trademark of a disciple. And so I just wanted to put some language around what a disciple is because we often talk about it, but we're like, what is it? And I think that's what we want to be in this season. We want to be disciples and we want to raise up other disciples and help them to achieve their God-given destiny and their gifts and talents and, and raise them. I want this to be a hub of just creating a conveyor belt of creating disciples of Jesus Christ. And that's where the world and this Blue Mountains area and beyond is going to be shaken by disciples that are committed to the core, to Jesus and to, to all that he has for them. And so... I want to pray for you tonight. Lord Jesus, I pray that we would receive what you're speaking to us tonight. As we've talked about the leaning of the heart and soul of the church and what we're really wanting from the heart and soul, Lord. And as we've discussed this whole topic of discipleship, the calling you've given us to go and make disciples. And we've understood what a disciple is and how we can outwork it. Lord, help us to be disciples and to make disciples. Help that to be our focus in this season right now and coming through this season. Lord, I pray that we would be renewed in our focus and our vigor and passion to see disciples made for the kingdom of God and the multiplying impact that has from that. That no matter the season, no matter what happens, that the highs, the lows, disciples stay strong. Disciples go to the grave following Jesus and trying to convert people to Him and being fully committed. I thank you for your disciples that were an example, Jesus. And I pray that we would be have that same spirit in us that says, I am all in and I'm going to do all I can in my life to make sure this message gets passed on and disciples are made in the powerful name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. So in conclusion, I'm excited about the future of City Church. I think our best days are ahead and I don't say that flippantly I say that with a real expectation in my spirit every day I feel like I get more excited about the future and what the enemy meant for evil God turns around for good the promises of God are in our favor the purposes of God and what he's spoken over the church are in our favor the Holy Spirit working in us is in our favor you know we have so much in our favor let's not lose sight of Jesus in this season and what he's calling us to do because the best days are ahead for us. Love you, appreciate you all so much and uh, that your commitment in this season, whether that's been for a season online or it's been in person, do you know what? It's a choice to actually stay connected. It actually isn't an, an automatic setting. It's a manual choice. And not everybody has made that decision. And I don't mean that as a put down, but there's different levels to this. There's people that are believers there's people that are attendees, there's people that are members, and then there are people that are disciples. And disciples is a different level. A disciple is different in their thinking and, and their understanding. They don't just have knowledge, but they, they follow the way of Jesus. And so um, I'm not putting anyone down, but I'm encouraging you. You are disciples. You have stayed strong. And let's just produce more of these, because who knows the season's ahead. But we do know this, if we make disciples, they will make it through anything. 
And uh, you don't have to keep propping them up. Disciples prop other people up. And so I thank God for you, and I, I really appreciate your faith, your love for God, and your love for His church. And uh, it's been a joy to lead you through this season. You've given me strength because you've stayed strong. And so I really appreciate that. I mean that from my heart tonight. So love you guys. Enjoy some donuts. Catch up with some people and uh, be blessed. We love you heaps.